Hey guys, welcome back to the Waterlad Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If you are, you are officially a lad for doing so. And I guess I'm officially a Cantabria now. I'm still working on a studio. I'm doing this one from my garage, but I guess that's the beauty of a podcast. You can literally do them anywhere. And speaking of studios, I managed to get to O Studio on the weekend uh, for my very first experience in a float. Oh my God, what an experience that was. Felt like I spent 30 minutes in space. Felt great afterwards. It was, it was such a cool setup up there. If you are in Christchurch, I do highly recommend you go check it out. And if you're somewhere else in the world, I highly recommend you getting in touch with Tim Bateman and starting your very own O Studio. There's a reason why the wellness space is the second fastest growing industry in the world. And it is only going to grow, I can promise you that. And having the opportunity for Timmy to guide you through a process of setting up your very own O Studio uh, would be such an amazing experience. And honestly, if I had spare time or money or both, I would be all in on this. Perfect for anyone who's thinking about something to do post-footy or just a career change. If you're interested, head to Studio slash lad to inquire and I'll leave a link below. Also last week I went along to Todd's racing stable and saw the champion combo of Regan Todd and the horse, what a lad. Jeez, he looks an absolute picture. He's coming along on the track as well. He's about six months away from racing, but I'm so hopeful that for everyone who's got involved with him that we are going to have some good times following this lad on the track. Massive shout out to Regan Todd for sponsoring this podcast. Go follow Todd's Racing on Facebook and show him some love. But let's get to this one. I've got an absolute lad for you here. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. Oh, what a lad. And again, guys, I've somehow managed to get on one of the game's great lads. This man has certainly been around the teams having played for North Otago, Hawke's Bay. He was a Super Rugby winner with the Hurricanes, while he also played for San Diego, Southland, New Orleans, the Blues, and of course he was a USA international and even went to the Rugby World Cup. He is a very well-respected player from players all around the world, and he's always been known as a lad to tell it how it is. So I'm really looking forward to this one with the great lad himself, Tony Lamborn. Welcome, mate. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mate, great to get you on. I do love getting guys on who have recently retired uh, for a couple of reasons. It's always good to, you know, go through their stories and sort of reflect on their journey, but um, they've also got no reason to hold back, not waiting for any contracts or anything. Not that you've ever really held back anyway. You, like I said, you've always sort of told it how it is throughout your career. Yeah, that's... Um that's definitely me. Are you trying to say that uh, Lexi's uh, retired now? <laughs> Surely, Surely not, mate. He's 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 still hoping for All Blacks, so mate. I hope I hope that does 100%. happen for the kid, mate. He's got the rig for it, <laughs> does he? What the the man boobs? <laughs> no, but mate, how has it been? Like um, the recent retirement? Uh, I didn't see this one coming, but and um, what was the reason behind it? Oh, I think it was just I just felt. The timing was right. Um, finished up last year with the Stags and um, played a couple of games club rugby and got the got the hundred caps un- under belt for my um, for Havelock North, my club rugby team um, here in Hawke's Bay. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to tick that box off. Um, and then yeah, I just well, I've got a building company here up in Hawke's Bay and it's um, going really well. So it just felt right. I just think I needed to transition to the, my new season in life, and mm. um, yeah, I, yeah. So it's, it's to be honest, it's been a great transition, and um, 
couldn't have asked for a, for a better one to be to be honest. Mate, how good is your body sweet? Like no injuries or anything? You're you're good to go. Uh, nah, nah, body's pretty good <laughs> today. Um, getting my thumb fixed after New Year's and uh, yeah, all the t- t- uh, ligaments and that are all gone in there. I just literally just pops in and out when I'm uh, mucking around on the building site. Um, and got to get my ankle fused. It's uh, another one. <laughs> I literally walk around like a 60 year old man um, on the building sites, you know? So, yeah. but nah, like other than that, um, just put on about 10 extra kilos and <laughs> living the dream really. <laughs> well, you've cracked it, but mate, that is the, um, I guess that's the downside to the game. eh? like your body does get absolutely hammered, especially um, loose forwards. I could imagine like you must have niggles everywhere. Like, like you've said, your thumb, your, your ankle, but probably everywhere. eh? Yeah. And no, I've, um, I've definitely had my fair share of injuries. Um, a few broken bones here and there, but nothing major. I was pretty lucky to be fair. I didn't have too many, um, like knee, shoulder mm. surgeries or anything like that. A few, I had a couple of ankle surgeries, just cleanups and stuff like that. And I did have one pretty hectic um, injury in 2018 with the States. Um, I was in Romania of all places, last five minutes of the game. Just, yeah, just had the ball all drawn past down the edge, as I do. Oh, um, put him away, no doubt. Greg <laughs> Razzle, you know, it's pretty much my nickname. Not. Um, but yeah, they just got tackled it from the front and the back and just too much weight on the old, on the shank and it just dislocated out, just out the side and oh. never had an injury like that before. And I, it was quite a weird sensation. It was like a really warm feeling. Like I didn't feel pain. I just kind of felt this real heat go through my foot and through my ankle. It was obviously just the rush of blood, mm. like escaping inside of your, um, under your skin. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of lifted my leg up and I looked over at the doctor and I was like, holy fucking hell, mate. Like, he's like, what? And I'm like, just showed him my leg. I was like, showed him my leg and it's just hanging out like this. <laughs> what my fucking leg, my leg, mate. <laughs> we were playing Ireland the next weekend in Dublin and I was like hobbling off. They just popped my ankle back in and I'm like looking at the head coach like, can you right next week, champ? No dramas. Did you play? No, no shit, bro. I just, I just played footy for another like six months. Jeez, I was gonna say. But was it so? I mean, like, just a dislocation. Nothing actually broke or anything. Nah, that just was the ligaments would have been stuff. That was the out of it one. Yeah, just ligaments were all rooted. Um, so <laughs> they had a perfectly fine ambulance there at on the on the field, and uh, anyway, the game had finished by the time I got to it. And hello, someone turns up in a 1998 Toyota Corolla. Get in the back, champ. We're saving gas in the ambulance. I'm like, what's going on here? This guy doesn't speak a lick of English. And the the um, physio came with me, I think. And she went to go sit in the front with him. And I think those guys just don't like women, eh? They just got no respect for them. She jumps in the front seat and he lost his shit. And at this stage... I'm fuming because this guy's just having to smoke it with, with all the other doctors and all the other ambulance drivers out, like, which I'm just sitting in pain. And so <laughs> chatting away, I'm just fuming. So he does that to the physio and I lose it at him. I'm just like, bro, get me to this hospital. So anyway, they're like, oh, trying to make out. Yeah, it's a private hospital. I'm thinking, oh, beauty, it'll be, um, it'll be nice, you know, like it'll be legitimate um, doctors and surgeons and shit there. 
You get there's about four nurses, four nurses and like two doctors all starting at the front. <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on here with this country? <laughs> get in there and this old ass beat up chick, man. She just like lovely lady. Couldn't speak any English, but she's trying to get me up on the X-ray. So I'm up sitting up there. And she's trying to place my ankle, and I'm like, obviously can't move it. Yeah. Like, couldn't position it for her. She's like, bang! She's like, <laughs> no, no, like placing it for me. I was just like, you're fucking out of it. Do you realize what my ankle looked like about half an hour ago? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that's good times. <laughs> yeah. And then I flew to Dublin the next day, and uh i went got an mri and met this this lovely lady that was a kiwi lady and she was in her mid 50s or something and it was great to talk to someone from home <laughs> she helped me through it mate what we flew to new zealand the next day landed and my whole leg was black oh blowing right up mate what a yarn to start jeez man we, we haven't even got into it yet and we're yeah, sorry, mate, spinning. You haven't even asked me <laughs> that's one of the great yarns to start love that but I am keen to hear a little bit more about um, what you what you are doing next. You, you mentioned building. You've said it's been pretty smooth transition so far. Um, so what what is your role going to be? What what are you what are you going to be doing? Um, yeah, so I've just the the, the building thing was um, COVID, two thousand and twenty, and I just thought, well, I'm not gonna. I might as well get ready because I knew I was going to retire within the next two or three years. So I thought my plan was to play in the next World Cup, twenty three World Cup, mm. and then retire after that. Um, and then the US didn't qualify. They're obviously do, going through the process oh, at the sure. moment. But yeah, I was like, well, I need to get something sorted. You know, I don't want to, um, I don't want shit to hit the fan once I retire. And then I realize, you know, what have I got here? Mm-hmm. Um, so just started a uh, building company and it was just me. And my, fortunately, my brother's got a really successful company, building company up here as well and um, gave me a couple of houses to build. So just me and then my old man gave me a hand when I needed him on two men. And then I employed um, a, a good friend of mine, Penny Kololatu. Um, played with him back in the day at the Magpies and stuff like that. And um, he was pretty keen to be a builder, so he gave me a hand. And and yeah, the, over the last two years, it's grown from just being me to now I've got um, eight builders. And, uh, and yeah, just got pretty much 23 as fully booked um, new houses and... Uh, all new builds and a um, few massive renovations and stuff like that. So now I've got my um, got my work cut out for me, that's for sure. But I'm loving every minute of it. Um, yeah. The pressure, it's different, different pressure to the rugby environment. Uh, I guess like the rugby, like the pressure is kind of like performance and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Whereas uh, this kind of pressure is just fucking remembering what I've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like looking at my story like, oh, jeez, what have I got here? <laughs> Uh, hell. Um, oh, but I, like I said, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's um, it's good. I like that pressure. Not saying I didn't like the rugby pressure. Mm. I felt like I thrived under the pressure, you know. Oh, did you what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the greats. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'll miss rugby though? Oh, I definitely miss it. I said to the boys, like, uh, one of my best mates, Gareth Evans, we could, like, he literally lives like 200 to 300 meters down the road from me, and um, we chat every single day pretty much. Um, and yeah, I just, I just said to him, look, I, I miss the playing. I miss the game. Mm. I miss playing it, but I do not miss the training. Mm. I don't miss the, yeah, just, uh, the gym, um, the fitness testing, mm. you know, any of that bullshit. I just, I love <laughs> playing the game, yeah. just letting out some of that frustration and that competitive 
that competitive energy out there. Yeah, that's that's about it, really. I'm enjoying all my boys. My uh, my oldest son Jack is uh, he's six and he played Ripper the last two years. So I coached his Ripper rugby team this year. Oh, yeah. It was a bit of fun. It was just kind of mucking around. He's not really into. It. He doesn't really give a shit. But I'm kind of making him do it anyway. <laughs> um, I was I actually was one of those guys that was like, Nah, I'm not going to make my kids play rugby. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Not thinking that my kid didn't actually want to play rugby. I thought he'd really love it. Nah, don't want to play that. He's he's pretty bloody good at it. But anyway, we had we I had a lot of fun with that, and I think I've, I have put my hand up to help um, help where I can with the with the prem team. Oh, nice. Yeah, about north. Yeah, pass that knowledge on. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Just wing it. I, I think I've winged it the whole way. <laughs> I think we all have, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, some kind of freak, <laughs> and I definitely wasn't one of those. <laughs> no. No, neither here. But mate, anyway, I do always like to um, start from the start with the journeys, uh, see where it all started for them. Um, so where did it all start for the young Tony Lamborn? Um, so I was born in Timaru and uh, and then grew up in Ashburton in the mid Canterbury, okay. dairy farming background. Um, didn't didn't know too much about rugby. Didn't really give a shit about rugby. Um, knew I was actually quite an athlete. I was pretty fast and and strong um and so i was into athletics i was into the yeah. high jump long jump and all that type of stuff and your 100 meter sprint and all that what age was this this was um oh just primary school through to intermediate and then True. just before high school i started um started playing uh one of my mates one of my good friends ben bailey um he was one of my uh, my he was my like the my best mate growing up you know mm. through intermediate and through um primary school and that he might be he might watch this later on he's um good footy lad down across it. Right. Good to see you, Ben. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, he asked me to play, and so I chucked me on the wings. It was obviously pretty quick and just took off from there. I was into it. Made uh, rep teams every year from there on, and then, you know, you get a few um, a few hairs on your balls and, you, and you, <laughs> you start growing a bit taller, a bit bigger, and um, still managed to hold my speed, but, uh, yeah, started getting a bit too big for the wing. We were in my age, so yeah, they chucked me in the loose forwards and I never looked back. Mate, what age did you go into the Lucy's? Oh, I think it might have been um, probably about 14. Oh, 15. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I played, I remember playing my first game when I was about 12 or 13. Yeah. And just and, quick um, ass. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty, I was lightning. It was lightning. Right. And you left school, you left school pretty young, eh? What was it? Yeah. 16? So I left, um, I left. Uh, Ashburton College when I was just turned 16 and went and worked for the old man. The old man was like, ah, like you're no good at this. You're no good at this school shit, but you might as well just like use, use some sort of whatever you've got in the top two and just come work for me. So this stage, the old man had sold all his farms and um, and pretty much had retired, but was bored shitless. So he's doing lying, uh, laying tiles and stuff for his good friend, Dave Taylor. Um, and so I just started laying tiles and then my brother had a roofing company. So I was helping him with his roofing company. And then 2008, when I was 16, I moved up to Hawke's Bay, just wanted something different, wanted a change. I knew I wasn't going to become, um, any kind of like, I never thought I was ever going to crack in rugby, but I just wanted a challenge, you know, I wanted something different. So yeah, moved up to Hawke's Bay 2008 and, um, went to Havelock North Rugby Club and as a 16 year old and I was like, yeah. 
I'm here to play for the Prems. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, under 21, boys. I was 16-year-old playing under 21 for the next, uh, I think it was like two or three years. And then I uh, managed to get a lick in with the Prems in there, and then, yeah, just stuck, stayed in it from there. <laughs> Crack up. How did you find that as a 16-year-old playing in that league? Oh, I don't know. I just, I think my first year was kind of just, I, I came in about halfway through the season, so kind of got a just good look at off the bench and had some real good lads in the team, you know, like some guys I still look up to this, to this day, like just absolute lads and um, took me under their wing and, you know, I got a, um, got my cousin's ID, so I was like, they're taking me out on the purse <laughs> and I learned to grow up real quick. Um, I could imagine. So after that, no, I think I was about 90 kilos dripping wet, but um, that was all good. <laughs> so obviously a lot of questions came in about your do stories. You obviously go really good on a do. You run a good do. Um, I'm guessing this is where it all sort of started for you as a 16-year-old following the, you know, 21-year-olds and then throughout your career always being that sort of young guy in the in the older cultures. Yeah, I definitely wasn't surprised when uh, you gave me a little little peek at some of those. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just I love a good do. Get real excited for it. Always that guy that's pushing for as many um, court sessions throughout the season, you know, um, love always being at the head table um, so I can just control the situation, get everyone drinking piss. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, there's like times have changed since when I, like when I first had my first court sessions and stuff like that, I, like you're a dick if you don't drink piss, if mm. you don't drink, if you don't drink beer, like nah, yeah. like don't, you're not even welcome. Don't even sit down. Yeah. Get it. Um, but these days, like there's a few boys um, that don't drink and stuff like that. That's all. Nah, there's no dramas these days. It's all respected. So yeah. still welcoming you in and um, get you doing something else, chocolate <laughs> milk or something like that. Right, and then you um, moved down. You moved down to North Otago, eh? After that, yeah, yeah. So I was in the academy, uh, Hawks Bay Academy, and uh, I was through. I was in the Magpies setup all the way until they made like picked their final team, and I didn't make it. Um, and so, yeah, I got picked up by North Otago as a, um, as a lone player, um, as a 19 year old. And I remember Glenn Moore, yeah. Growler, he yeah. was the, one of the coaches and Barry Matthews, he's, they call him rat. Oh, yeah. I think he's still coaching down there actually. Um, top guy, let, rat let me, uh, live on his dairy farm, had to pull the odd tip, uh, about 4am the odd morning just to <laughs> earn my rent. Um, also I was on the rubbish trucks. Oh wow! I was on the back of the rubbish trucks. Um, I did that mostly. I just remember just thinking, "Fuck, I'll do, I'll do the rubbish trucks, and I'll get so fit. Mm-hmm. I'll just get so fit." But um, like as a nineteen-year-old, I think you don't get any fitter. You kind of just hit a certain point, and you just <laughs> ninety-five kilos dripping wet. So you're, you're there's no there's no issues. Um, yeah, I went down there, and that, that's when I really learned how to drink some beers, man. Like. <laughs> Um, I was living with a guy called Josh. He's a legend. I, I, I catch up with him most years. We would go for a hunt and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was, I was living with him on Rats uh, Dairy Farm. He was the manager there, so um, yeah, got to see some interesting things. He showed me around. Uh, you know, like it would be literally. I think we were getting. I think the boys were getting a hundred dollars a week, and um, I was getting paid two hundred bucks a week cash. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even didn't even sort it out. I think they just decided to give it to me because I was young, but yeah. Um, so I always just spent that all 
straight on piss that weekend, you know, because <laughs> you got you fly up on the Friday, you play the Saturday, and you fly back on the Sunday. So yeah, it was always a big heavy weekend wherever you were. <laughs> but man, those boys, I learned a lot from them. Mate, what was your initiation into that team as a young fella? Must have um, been brutal. Always nudity. Yeah. Always nudity. Um, I actually can't remember to be honest. I maybe too many head knocks. I can't remember that type of shit. Hey? I, um, <laughs> Mate, you've done that many initiations. You've I've been had to that many teams. Hey? I've had a few initiations. <laughs> no, never hold back. Always just all go. <laughs> right, and then the following year you made your Hawks Bay team. So um, that was what you're trying to make the year before. The following year you made it. Yeah, yeah. I just. Um, was lucky enough. Craig Philpot was the coach, and um, Danny Lee, and uh, they yeah, gave me a shot. And um, just basically, I was just a sponge. I was behind Carl Lowe. Oh, legend! And and Brendan O'Connor, Chona, oh, a couple of legends. Man. Trent Bowles of Wakefield, um, Mike Coman. Oh. So I just had these absolute lads in front of me, <laughs> and I just soaked it all up and just learned as much as I could, and um, was quite good going into the. That following year, I just had all the confidence in the world. I had nothing to lose. I just, they just re signed me and um, I just felt heaps of confidence and I wasn't too worried about any um, performance or anything like that. So mm. it was a dream result, really. Yeah. Um, never, I never thought I would ever make it, if you know what I mean. Like, I yeah. never, never thought, oh shit, like I'm, like my goal was to become a magpie. I always wanted, like I wanted to, but. I never thought it would actually happen. And then when that happened, I thought, oh, shit. Well, my next goal would be try and make Super Rugby, not thinking that it would actually happen. It happened. And then, yeah, yeah then, then the, kind of the rest happened from there. But um, Why didn't you think it was going to happen? Like, what, what was sort of holding you back with you? I don't know. Like, I, I don't de- – I definitely don't lack any confidence, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just – I just – I don't know. I just – I just a buddy dairy farmer from mid-Canary. You don't hear too many stories. Yeah. Um. I know uh, Isaac Ross. He was the he was the legend back in Ashburton because he made it. And uh, who was the other guy, man? There was a couple of there was a couple of wee lads that, that cracked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just was like nah. Just was pretty content with what I you know what I'd done. So I was just like, oh well. Mm. Like you've always got to have a goal. Like don't get me wrong. Like you've always got to strive for something. But in all honesty, I didn't really think it was going to happen. I was just like, oh well. Like I'm pretty stoked with what's going on. I. Mm. Um, I just got qualified, um, like my building apprenticeship. So I was just like, uh, I cracked it. I've mm. cracked it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm only 20 years old. And I'm playing pro rugby and I've got my ticket. So I'm like, hey, fuck, I'm sweet. Yeah. I'm sorted. sorted. Yeah. And then it was sort of, I think it was from memory, like 2015, where you really sort of kicked into gear. I'm guessing probably Carl Lowe and stuff had left or you just got a few more opportunities that year where, um, I think you took Hawks Bay to the final, losing to Tasman by a kick, um, from memory. But uh, mate, that was the year where Boy you E-Hire, really put your hand up. Put in that situation, we <laughs> put in that situation so many times. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, like the next season, I just felt so confident. There was no no issues. I just um, it all just fell in my lap. Really, I, like the first game of the season was against the Marcos down there. Come off the bench. I remember Doogie Edmonds um, was my roomie. And um, he like gave me the John Olomu like full shave with the puff on the front, <laughs> and I came off the bench. This is like what I mean. Like I just gave zero fucks. It was just no no drama. It was all good. Had that puff on the front, um, and I like, came off the bench and just had a blinder, and then I didn't really see the the pine after that. Yeah, but still had Brendan O'Connor was there. 
Um, yeah, so Chono was still playing seven. He was skipper. And then um, I just basically had to learn to be a six. And mm. they were keen. They were keen on it because they wanted to play two open sides, basically, and lacking a little bit in height. But uh, it was all good. I just made do. And I was still pretty light. And I was still only just over 100 clicks. So the big boys just threw me up there. No dramas. Mm. Ash Dixon always put it right on the money. <laughs> right. What a team. What a team. Oh, a hell of a team. That's <laughs> you. What was it like after that final? Um, obviously, you would have been pretty gutted, but Hawks Bay always oh, yeah. go good on a do by the sounds. Yeah, just like classic um, young fellow. Like, I was pretty gutted. I, I think it was more gutted just for my mate E because I could, e, I, I could mm. see how gutted he was and how much it meant to him. To be honest, I didn't really give a shit. I was just <laughs> like, oh, honestly, yeah. I was just like, oh, fuck, footy's footy. Like, shit happens. Plenty more years to go around. That's kind of my mentality. And um, I was just, once I kind of, he was like, nah, it's all good, bro. Like, we'll get on the piss. I was like, sweet, no drama. We're all good. Everything's okay. Everything's no good. was no dramas, boys. We're all good. We have a hell of a do. Oh, no doubt. And then you get a call into the Canes. Was this for a wider squad or was this a full contract? Nah, it was a wider squad, yeah. Um. At that stage, Artie had already said to Plumtree and Boydie that um, he was going to play in the Olympics or oh, something right. like that. Yeah, yeah, seven. it was. Yeah. So they needed another backup open side because Cully was obviously the next um, next off the rank, and so I was just going to cover for him. And I just had like the best season of my life with um, the Magpies in 2015. You got player of the player of the season mm. um, and everything. So it was like. Just a dream come true, really. Um, basically just went there to soak it all up again. And I didn't expect too much game time. I think I played four or five games um, all off the bench. But, hey, you wouldn't change it for the world. It was it was pretty cool. And then and then getting to play in the semi-final That's against right. I remember that. the Chiefs because um, Cully was, had a niggle. And I was just praying that he was – because I remember <laughs> the whole – once we won the semi, I was just like, oh, <laughs> Come on, Cully, bro. You're, surely, surely it's no good. You know, and he's like, no, it's too sweet. Ah, damn it. You got big so, minutes in that game too, from memory. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, always always from about 15 minutes into the game, looking up at the coach's box, being at the old, <laughs> ready <reading>. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then you said what like, Kelly Kelly was obviously back from injury, so he was back selected into the final, and yeah. um, you missed out on the twenty three, but yeah. um, still obviously got to be part of a Super Rugby winning team. And I don't know if yeah. it's coincidence or not, but it's the only time they've won it the year that you were there. And I know, I know, it's something something special about me. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I can claim that because it's, I've been in some teams and I. I've been in a team we didn't win one game one in the whole season. <laughs> Mate, I only give you I've one been guess. In two of those. <laughs> I only give you one guess who it was. Anyway. Yeah, true. Stags, I'm guessing. Or oh, America. Oh, I don't know. No, it was Stags. It was yeah. Stags 2018. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, um, that's right. We came back. We, we was good after that. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously, a good year with the Canes. You, every time you got an opportunity, you stepped up. What happened there? Like I, I always sort of wanted to know what happened there. Like you were you playing well, you had a good year the following year, and then just weren't selected. So, yeah, I think um, 
I don't think I think my my downfall my whole career probably has just been my off field, like just not putting I don't know what the word is, commitment, I think. Like I you know, there was a lot of shit I used to just tick boxes on, man, just like Yeah. Yeah, I did my sprints over the weekend, but you know, drama's tick, just giving it that one, but it would show in like fitness <laughs> tests and shit like that. Just full of shit. Just living my best life basically. Um and I remember just always approaching Plumtree eh, and just being like, how am I going? Like, what do I need to be working on? And you're always going to be like, mate, everything's all good. Like, you're going sweet. Yeah. You're only young, you know, you got, you know, you're taking all your opportunities. Like, no, go out dramas. Everything's looking good. So we have our one-on-one at the end of the year and he's like, mate, you fucking were terrible. You should have been doing this. You should have been doing this. Man, honestly, I was fired up in our, in our review. I eh? just stood up and I was like, you piece of shit. Probably didn't, probably didn't sign me because of that because they called him a piece of shit. Plum, uh, Bordy almost had to stand and just like stop the situation because it fuck it got heated man true really did you literally yeah. get it oh true man that's... i was dark because i was like bro you know i wanted to learn yeah don't get me wrong i shot myself in the foot because i was you know like i wasn't always doing what needed to be done off field but um like when i was asking the questions and stuff like that you want your coach to be honest mm. and telling you that uh ah yeah, it's all good I forget them. <laughs> Mate, almost uh, then, on the end of your review. Uh, it was so close. I remember telling what are you about it? What are you just like, ah, it's all good, mate. No dramas. Gave me a dart, sweet <laughs> What he would have been egging you on. <laughs> oh, he loves a biff. Yeah, no dramas. Um, but yeah, and then so it was kind of like, look, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's all good. We still think you're a great player, but um, you're just some stuff you need to work on. And then that 2017 season. Remember they changed the breakdown rules and you had to you couldn't pull for the ball. You couldn't oh, steal yeah, the ball. You right. had to like mate, that's my game. Yeah. Number seven. Like, you know? so I just I struggled mentally, just like with the confidence side of things. I just and then all the pressure got to me, eh? Like I I realized like shit, I'm actually fucking an okay player. I made super rugby and stuff like that, played some games. Mm. Like Ah, I need to be. Um, I need to be playing way better than this, and the pressure really got to me. And uh, and yeah, and then I went over with the states and um, and just tried to like move on, move on from it all. And um, and I was looking for gigs overseas, and was real, real close to signing a deal with um, New, New, Newcastle Falcons. Oh yeah. And um, this is in 2018, and uh, yeah, it was. Um, just about to sign on the dotted line, basically, like a few days out. And um, then my my mum um, called me and Well, actually, my dad did. My dad did. My dad, if anyone knows my dad, he's like six foot seven or six foot eight, ginger and about 115 kilos. <laughs> so he's a, you know, he's a heart and he's a dairy farmer his whole life. He's a hard man with a slight American twang to his accent. <laughs> And uh, he calls me up and he goes, oh, hey, boy, how's, go- how's it going over there? Yeah, no, sweet ass. Oh, yeah, I just want to let you. And he started crying and I was like, what? What's going on? Mm. What's going on here? My old man never cries. Never- but I could tell from the phone. I couldn't see him, but he was could hear it in his voice. And he's like, oh, mum's got cancer. I'm freaking out. Um, so, yeah, I just packed, packed everything up and came home and um, and – yeah, basically at that stage, the Mighty Ten Cup was just about to start and I was lucky to pick up a gig with the Stags in 2018 and that's where it started. 
True. So did you get over to Newcastle? Were you actually there? No, nah, no, nah, I nah. wasn't. I was in. I was in the US at the oh, time. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was just um, trying to just plan my next move. Basically, had my wife back in New Zealand. And she was my wife Abby. Um, she was waiting for me to see what's going on. So she didn't go to America with you when you were nah, playing over nah. there. Um, yeah, she she came over for a little bit in San Diego with Jack just for a little bit and then it wasn't really her thing, the big city and all that. So sent her home and I knew like, look, I'm going to, there's going to be, something's going to pop up anyway. So just hold fire and mm. we'll sort it out. And then that all happened. So then I just cruised on off, um, home after that. And um, that's when I uh, started struggling mentally, like big time. I um, started, um, didn't know if it was um, depression, but, might be a slight, a slight depression, but it was definitely anxiety. I used to just freak out for no reason. I didn't know what it was about, mm. why it was, and um, started seeing a, um, a psych and um, the shrink. And uh, he just, um, just just explained to me, basically, you know, it's just a season in life. I think like most people go through this sort of things. You're not – I used to just think I was like, this is, doesn't happen to anyone. I never even – I didn't even know mental health was a thing then. Like, mm. Honestly, I didn't even yeah. – just one of those kids grew up, just everything was just mint. Yeah. Everything was so mint and all of a sudden life just got so tough and wanted to – I played at this massive high level and I wanted to just stay there, but it just wasn't happening because mm. I'd just gone like this. Honestly, I'd gone Hawks Bay, gone like that, starting every game – hurricanes oh and then eagles and then just like had nothing let like just nothing so so i just was struggling man I, and at that time it was like i thought it was my identity you know i thought mm. that's who i was i was tony lamborn the rugby player so and then my mum being sick as well as a mama's boy so i just struggled man mm. it was big time but um had just had awesome people around me it helped that i was just being honest with how i was feeling and i was struggling and um and stuff like that, and yeah, no, it's, um, definitely got got through it and got out the other side, and um, and always been, I guess, I was really good at re- like after and and during, I got really good at understanding it and and mm. what was triggering those feelings and and um, all these different emotions that were going through my head and why that possibly could be, and then you know some of my friends started going through it and and other people I hadn't met, but I was always pretty keen to reach out because I felt like I had a little bit of experience and a bit of knowledge. So, um, yeah, I think, and I, to be honest, I do say this to a lot of people. Like I, um, I wouldn't change it. Mm. I wouldn't actually say, I wish that never happened to me because, um, it made me the man I am today. Mm. I, um, definitely stronger for it. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was like, it was like, it was like a blessing in disguise. You would, some would say like, that's how I would describe it, you know. Like I learned so much from it, it, it um, helped me grow and mature, and 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 sort me out. Apart from um, the the piss drinking, still hasn't really <laughs> didn't sort that out at all. But uh, <laughs> enjoying life, we just got to live life to its fullest. Yeah. So was this mainly when you were in America by yourself, or was this once you'd moved down to Southland? Once I'd moved back home, yeah. um, and then the struggles with the Southland thing, I seemed to be fine when I was playing. When I was yeah. like in the environment. Um, you know, um, doing what I believed was what I was mm. meant to be doing and stuff like that. So I felt fine. And then when I'm like playing every week, ch- trying to impress super coaches and trying to get a gig and it wasn't happening, you know, and you're getting 
you know, as you would know, you get awesome feedback from your um, from your agent, but <laughs> you don't get shit, mate. You're going to get a phone call from the uh, from the Blues coaches any day now, and you just get nothing. You piece of shit. I'm not going to say who it was. I've changed agents since then. I don't have him. <laughs> he was the man, though. But you, really. you did. You were playing really good footy for um, the Stags at, at the time, eh? And I remember yeah. like everyone, like the whole. I remember reading articles. Everyone was predicting you to be picked up, and everyone was, everyone was so confused why you weren't in a squad, and um, it well, must have been hard for you. Yeah, I think that, like you said, yeah, it was, that was what was making it harder. You mm. see, like I was like, well, I'm not the only one that believes in myself here. Like you know, everyone else is kind of seeing it. Um, but I think it was maybe it was just the style of player that I am. I think I was um, just a bit of an old school, hard nosed type player, and I think um, a lot of teams were just looking for the young kid out of school, Razley, mm. um, Artie Severe, bloody type player, you know. Mm. Like there's Artie's is one in a billion player. Like you, you don't, you're not going to get that player. Uh, <laughs> you're not just going to get him popping out every 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 buddy city, but um. Yeah, so I don't know. Look, end of the day, it, it didn't happen, and um, but I, I did struggle with it. But um, yeah, over the years, it probably was uh, once. Yeah, like it kind of, it did, was a good couple of years. It, it it took me to kind of figure it all out for mm. sure. Did the fact it, that it, you were capped with um, USA make that way harder for you to pick up a Super Rugby yeah, contract? Yeah, yeah, that definitely made um, things have a lot harder. I remember I was um, over in Argentina with the US. And we just finished our final game. And my agent rung me up and said, hey, um, Jimmy Lynch, he's uh, dislocated his knee or broken his leg or something like that or his shoulder. Not sure. Um, and the Hollanders want you in for the rest of the season. I'll put you on a full gig. All sort of. Tony Brown rings me up just before the flight. And he's like, hey, mate, um, real keen to get you here. Like your style. Um, we're just having – we're just sorting out um, – something with New Zealand rugby at the moment, but don't worry, get on the plane. You've got a 15-hour flight, um, get on the plane, and when you land, um, we'll give you a couple of days your family, and then you'll get down there. Land, first message I get from my agent was like, nah, um, Holland has already had their quota for their um, international players, and they wouldn't give you a dispensation. Far out. Um, Joey Wheeler, I remember, because he played under a UK passport or something, so he went under as a um, as a foreign player. So that's what fucked me, eh? Like, Did he? I was like, an asshole, but ah, it's all good. <laughs> that is brutal, though. Fly you back <laughs> for a gig and then nothing. I know, yeah, because I, I was planning on going back to the States um, just for a couple of weeks just to have a bit of a bender with the boys because we're just – Basically had a big tour. I think it was like two months. So we were just, I was like keen to go back to the States just for a couple of weeks, bit of a bender and then go back home. <laughs> when when you signed with this, or when you obviously played your first game with the States, did that ever come into your mind around how hard it was going to be for you to then make super and all the sort of things that come with playing internationally? Mate, I didn't even know it was a thing. Honestly, I didn't even, I just was like just young and just like, I was like, this is what was going through my head. I remember it was in the Hurricanes and I was like, John Plumtree gets me in his office. He's like, hey, uh, my brother-in-law, John Mitchell, is the head coach of the US team. He's real keen to get you um, real keen to get you into his team. Obviously, your dad being born and raised in the States, you know, you can you, you can get, you know, you're straight in. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And he's like, oh, you know, like, have a good think about it anyway. And I was like, what well, was there any, like, kind of any backlash or anything like that? He's like, no, you know, usually there's hit my agent up, mate. He was like, oh, mate, just being a young kid, I think I just blanked out because I'd already made up my mind that I was going to do it. Mm. So I just probably didn't listen. He probably did tell me. Um, and I just remember thinking, oh, well, Artie's just made the All Blacks. Sam Kane's in there, and I think McCaw was still playing for the All Blacks at that stage. And I was just like, the next step is the All Blacks. I don't think this will ever happen. Mm. Like, Artie is a far better player than me. You know, there's so many other loose forwards in this country that would make the All Blacks before I would. So I was just like, nah, look, this is not going to happen. So the next piece option was being in the US, and I get to do some traveling and mm. um, and do, do the, all that type of stuff. So... Yeah, I just, yeah, that was it. Made up my mind and um, debut game against Italy. Scored a try on debut. Remember, we just lost by like two points, I think. We uh, were trying to milk the penalty at the end to win the game, but it's never happened. But uh, yeah. How was it over there? Like, how did it compare? Obviously, you're coming from the Hurricanes into um, USA rugby team. What was the level like? What was the differences? well, no, there wasn't a hell of a lot of difference in terms of like how we were going to play and shit because John Mitchell, literally John Plumtree had sent him <laughs> the Canes game plan and the structures and the plays and everything. So I was just like, eh, boys, round it up. Come around here, boys. I'll switch you out. This is how we do it back in back home. Uh, Marty Veal was our Fords coach at the time as well. So he's an absolute lad. I still chat with him very often. Um and uh, so, yeah, he, they were just tr- pl- trying to basically just trying to play exactly like the Canes. Mm. I did struggle at the start just trying to like, because I'd been playing with the Canes. So, you know, and these guys are, most of these guys are all blacks and stuff like that. So just playing, training with these very high skilled players and going to the States um, was kind of tough, you know, like it was not saying it was terrible. They're definitely like um, good players and stuff. They picked the best of the best in in, in the states, but um, yeah, just struggled with uh, with with the the level of um, skill and stuff like that at, at some points, mm. and their understanding of the game kind of as well. I think it's just basically just been in our blood forever. You know, like we're just born born into it, so it's, it all comes off. But these guys, a lot of these guys, were playing American football and shit like that for a long time. Yeah, through high school, and then and then they realize oh well, shit football's not working out i'll give rugby a crack and so still pretty fresh chops when it when it came down to it mm. and you've obviously been there from the start of the mlr to um you, what it is now pretty much so have you found the sort of growth of rugby over there yeah no massively i think um like back when it was their first season with san diego um it was still real fresh. Everyone was trying to still figure out where their home stadiums were going to be, where's everyone's training. It was just like, hey, fuck, let's just have a team here. This is your team. You have this team. <laughs> sort sort your own shit out. Like, you sort out where you're going to train and stuff like that. Um, I remember landing there with Abby and Jack, and uh, we were supposed to have a car there at the airport. It wasn't a car. I had to get an Uber. <laughs> Uber to this address. <laughs> We get there, bro, and there's another couple living in the house. <laughs> True. And I'm like, what the is going on here? Ring up the ring up the manager. I'm like, bro, there's like another family living in this house. And he's like, yeah, that, that's all good, isn't it? <laughs> and he's a Kiwi guy. And I was like, fuck no. Would you do that back home? No, you wouldn't. I was like, get me out of here, man. This is bullshit. I didn't come here for this. Like, you know, like you guys are promising me all this stuff and you're delivering donuts. Like, you're just giving me nothing. My missus is like, 
Fucking get me out of the shit hole now. Oh, I could imagine, mate. It's hard enough moving to a new country, let alone oh. having that sort of <laughs> debacles on arrival. Oh, you know, and it's like from Auckland to LA was like a 11, 12 hour flight, and then you've got like a 20 minute little flight from LA to San Diego. So you're just wrecked. Yeah. The young fellas plan up on the airport. So you just. <laughs> Oh, sweet. You know, I took a sleeping pill. I was no dramas. Mrs. had to sort that out. But so she was just in a dark place. Eh? Just like, get me out of this fucking shell. So we lived in a hotel for like, it was like a nice hotel too. We lived in a real nice hotel for like a month. And then Abby was like, no, I'm out of here. I'm, mm. I'm gone. Is that when she went back to New Zealand and you stayed yeah. there? Yeah, I just stayed there. True. In the hotel for the rest of the season? Um, or did you move back to your mate's place? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I stayed in the hotel the whole season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry, I didn't live in the hotel the whole time. I, for the last, I think it was the last month or so, I moved into this Kiwi guy's place, loaded as dude. He lived in, um, it was called Cardiff. It's called Cardiff. Oh, yeah. In, in San Diego. It's where Danny Lee's living now, actually. And uh, he had this massive mansion, man. And, um, but he had this like guest house, like a separate, like second dwelling type thing. It was kitted out. It was awesome. So I, <laughs> I lived there, and this this Kiwi's guy's name is Willie Dent, and uh, smoked a pack of darts every hour type dude. <laughs> Got an epic man cave like down in this basement down below his house. Big pool had like had like pet hawks and falcons and shit like that. <laughs> had like epic big cars. So his his gig was. Um, he was like an electrician and wired up like he said he did Kobe Bryant's house. This is so he was alive back then. Um, um, wired up like his home theater system, like big, like literally a movie theater in his house. Yeah, did all that shit. Cracked True. it, legend. Still talk to him all the time. Absolute <laughs> legend. All right. Yeah, sixty years old, just weeping. Shouted me a trip to Las Vegas. <laughs> That stays there. Right, that is living. <laughs> Bit of a dream. Did you host a um, court session in his man cave? Mate, we had heaps of court sessions. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> He'd get all the boys around to his house, just get tanked up. And the boys loved it because it was unlimited piss and you just go go for it. Yeah. And he had a big punt, you know, his man cave was just a big punting room. The boys are just slapping away, just like. Betting on the dogs, on the horses, all sorts of shit. It was unreal. Mate, that is unreal. So did you go back there the following year? Or oh, you changed clubs, didn't you? Yeah, I can't even remember the process. So, um, 2018, then I did my ankle. And then so I had like six months. I had surgery, then I had six months off. And then I got caught into the uh, Melbourne Rebels and um, as like an injury cover, but was also injured. So it was, it was real <laughs> weird, like. And I told them, they rang me up, they're like, hey, mate, like, how's your injury going, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, fucking, it's shit. Like, yeah. it's getting there, though, like, yeah, any week now type thing. So they got me in there to help me rehab and sorted me up. But um, I just trained in there and uh, got absolutely hooked up by this guy that owned this rugby club over there. It was loaded. And, yeah, that was that was a good time over in Melbourne. It was, it was great, good experience. Mate, you get all the hookups with all the loaded kids. <laughs> oh mate, I, yeah. Well, this guy's—he's uh, like a Sri Lankan or something—and owns the Mel, uh, Moorabbin Rams. Uh, his name's Arvin. Arvin David, absolute weapon. True. And uh, yeah, he just said, "Oh look, you come play for my club." 
I'll give you this sick apartment and I'll give you a car and all good. So it's getting paid by the Melbourne Rebels. And I was also getting paid by them because I I was just playing. I was playing each weekend. So he'd pay, I think he's paying like 500 bucks a week cash on top of everything else. Oh, yeah. It's creaming it, mate. I was like living yeah. the dream. And I was like just doing rehab. I was hobbling every weekend. Like Definitely why I've got to get my ankle fixed now because I, I came back way too early. My ankle yeah. was rooted. Yeah. But you never played for the Rebels, did you? No, I remember yeah. like one of the first weeks I was there, it was the first game against the Canes oh, in yeah. Wellington. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I was training in the like 23, but they had me bracketed with another player. And so I still traveled and flew back and stayed in Wellington. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't. They were just like, oh, no, we're going to go with a different option. So I was like, sweet ass. Oh, gosh, that would have been good. But you were there with, you were with them for the whole season? Yep, yeah, went for the whole season because my debut game was against the Melbourne Rebels for the Hurricanes. Oh yeah. So then I was thinking, fuck, my first debut game for the Rebels is going to be against Canes. <laughs> Can't read about it. Can't read about it. <laughs> but yeah, that no, was it. Was a good time. Right, and another thing I'm keen to talk to you about is obviously going to the Rugby World Cup with USA um, in Japan. Must have been some experience, and I've always sort of wondered what it's like. I obviously speak to guys in All Blacks and some of the bigger teams that go to the Rugby World Cup, but what's it like going um, with the USA team? Like, What's your sort of expectations, and how's it all work? Uh, my expectations were to, like, I, I just went there to win. Like, I, honestly, I went yeah. there to try and win. That's my mentality. Every time I play rugby, I just want to put everything I can out there to try and try and win the game. But I thought, like, definitely could at least win one, maybe even two. I remember uh, the first game was against England, and, man, we were down by, like, five five points, I think, with about 20 to go, and then kind of uh, blew out in the last, like, 10, 15 minutes. Um, yeah, they put another two or three tries on us, but, like, stayed right in it. And then I remember against France, we were beating them at one point, and then they kind of clawed back, and then beat us in the last 10 or so minutes again. And then Argentina, they absolutely thrashed us. And then Tonga, we're beating them all the way through. And then Toulouse of Ayanu, That's right. Bastard just like pulled some shit out of his ass, as he does, because he's an absolute freak. Um, and, yeah, they scored un- like under the sticks and kicked the goal to win it. So it was like, yeah. I, I was gutted, man, honestly, because I was like, I wanted to, wanted to just win a game and qualify straight away for the next World Cup and shit like that. But, um, yeah, I was pretty gutted. My, I remember thinking after the World Cup, like, um, I was a bit gutted in the, like, few of the boys on the team. You know, I felt like only a few of us that really actually wanted to win, but a lot of them, like, a few of the other boys were just stoked with just being there. Mm. And I, that might be hard for a few boys to hear that, but that's just me being honest and that's just who I am. So mm. just straight up. But, um, you know, I just, I thought that, yeah, a few of the boys were just, happy to be there and we're just clipping the ticket whereas um there's a few of us that really really wanted to really wanted to win you know and mm. i think that's could have, what could have been the difference they're not qualified yet eh? and it's looking unlikely that they're going to or they're still a no no chance. it looks like they are so they beat they beat um hong kong and they beat kenya oh, so they've got yeah. to win one more they're in dubai at the moment living the dream so they've got they've got a i don't know who the last game's against um someone someone weird but uh they they've got a They've got to win that game. They will win all three and they qualify. Yeah, so it should be all good. And if they qualify, um, you won't you won't be tempted to put the boots back on for one oh, more bro, rugby honestly, world cup. It's gonna be so hard to lose ten kilos. Like, 
I don't think I've ever lost ten kilos before. I've lost five kilos. I remember the, for the blues, I uh, remember the blues. I um, come back from COVID, and again, you know, my off-field shit. I was ticking boxes, saying I was doing all the running and all the yo-yos and beat mm. tests and shit. I was supposed to be doing out on the footy field with my mask on. Um, yeah, no, nah, I just was ticking boxes, and I came in there another like five kilos heavier. They made me lose five kilos in two weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I ran like a, it was like a five minute thirty something bronco. It was ridiculous, and these guys are like, "Mate, you're running like, you're running like a five oh two or something like that before you left." <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, look, I might have lied. I might have lied." <laughs> I don't think we were coming back. Honestly, yeah, I don't yeah. think I thought COVID rooted everyone. I like hearing about everything, all these comps. Premiership, everything, they're just calling it quits on it. And uh, I thought, we're not coming back. So, like, <laughs> why am I going to waste my time doing shit that I absolutely hate? <laughs> oh, shit, that came back to bite, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I tell you what, because I was before COVID, I was negotiating two more years, signing two more years with them. Oh, true. They came back and they were like, yeah. beat it. Signed Dylan Hunt, and I was like, "Damn it, mate!" I was wondering what happened there too, because even when you that year when you got your opportunities, mate, you were playing some good footy again, eh? Yeah, like um, Tom Contry, he's he's a good man, and uh, yeah, he he loved my style of play, and he he seen my game against England, um, and I played really well in that game, and he basically. He called me before the game and said, "I oh, look like we're having a look at you, and um, you know you just play really well in the World Cup, and uh, and we'll, and then I'll you know we'll see how we go." And then yeah, after the England game, he rang me like I was in the sheds. He was in Japan. He watched the game. Oh yeah. He's oh like yeah, we want to sign you like now. So I was like, sweet, sorted. Um, and yeah, like you said, I took all my opportunities and put a lot of um, competitive air jet trainings with the Blues, and and I feel without you know, sounding real cocky or anything, but I felt like I was um, a major, like, difference in that forward pack and changing and, and helping uh, not only the culture, but, like, that competitiveness at trainings and, like, mm. bringing the best out in some guys. Like, definitely when I first got there, I remember just, like, doing we're doing a hardcore contact session and I was going pretty hard. And I remember one of the boys saying to me, um, bro, bro, why are you, like, take it easy. You know, like, we're all here, here trying to survive. And I was like, like, nah, bro. I've been told, like the coaches have told me, man. This is what this is what's wrong. You guys are like just fucking ticking boxes, bro. Yeah. Great <laughs> <laughs> training, you know. Hey, from the ultimate. Watching, hey, well, no one's watching, bro. All good. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, true. Uh, oh, that's interesting to hear, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that basically what happened. I just again just cocked it all up. Um. Again, I wouldn't change it. What shouldn't change for the world? Everything happens for a reason. So, mm. um, help me uh, figure out. You know, like um, I've just got to. I'm getting old now. I need to sort out the sort out what the future is for me. Not only me, but for my wife and my and my boys. So, mm. um, well, at this stage, I only had yeah, they only had the one. But Abby was pregnant with Quinn, our youngest. It's almost two, um, and. Yeah, and that in twenty twenty, I got the uh, they asked me to captain the stags, and um, and that's where the the massive like pride and like I just like I loved I love Hawks Bay, and I, don't get me wrong, I, I've always felt like my heart's been hoop black and white, but just playing for that team and getting to lead it was just something different. And I think like 
I always said, oh, well, I'll, I'll never play for everyone else again. Like, I always play for the Stags. Mm. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, um, shit life goes on and eventually, like, if you, if I was still playing, then if someone offered me a contract, I'd be in there. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, it's just, yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, I love, I love my time down there and I, I felt like we definitely made a difference. You know, we hadn't won a game for like two or three years or something. Um, consecutively and then our first game was against Hawks Bay my old team down in Invercargill and we and we beat them for the, mm. you know it was like 30 game like losing streak or something like that and mm. we beat them and they got went on to win it or be in the finals or something that year so and I think we won like four maybe three or four games that season so that was epic and then 21 we, uh, we didn't win as many games, but just the way the whole comp worked out and we ended up making the semis against um, against, uh, against Taranaki. Mm, that's right. Taranaki, and uh, that's the old... Uh, <laughs> yeah, go uh, on. on. <laughs> Shove it up your ass, though. <laughs> the... Shove it up their ass as far as I'm concerned. Oh, one of the great after-match speeches. So talk to me about that. Like, Were you guys getting a fair bit of hate? up and uh, leading into yeah, we that were, man. we were getting heaps of hate like people being like oh they don't deserve to be there like we've only won like two games or three games or something so why do they deserve to be in the semi-finals you know um i think it was the other team that was potentially could have been there was like counties or men or two or something and we'd beaten them in on points or something so that's how it worked out mm. or we'd scored more tries or something so um yeah we we, we made it and uh that's and we were copying it man honestly <laughs> It was, it was, it sucked. And it was the thing is we played them the week before, like literally the week before the semi and we freaking give them a good nudge. Mm-hmm. And then semi-final was like pissing down with rain and we were, we were just like, we were just rubbing our hands together like this is, we, we're born for the, like down south, this is, we're born in this shit. We're freaking born in this shit, you know? So, um, yeah, I can't remember what the score was now, but um yeah we only we only just lost and you know i remember i can't remember yeah he he asked me yeah, you know he's been he's been copying a bit of i can't remember how it all went but yeah uh, shove it up your ass <laughs> <I'm> concerned, <mate. laughs> honestly i didn't get one hate message after that yeah everyone Not was one. loving it i got hundreds of messages from people being like good on you boy yeah good shit <laughs> Mate, it's always good when someone speaks what's on their mind. I mean, there's just not enough of it in the game. So it's always refreshing <laughs> oh, when someone just says whatever comes oh, out. So. Your nose. <laughs> oh, mate, what a what a career. But how do you look back on your career? Like, um, obviously you've done yeah. done a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like um extremely proud and um definitely like, like real grateful, you know, like um there's been some huge like people in my life that helped me throughout it all and some guys that gave me the opportunities and believed in me and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I definitely wouldn't have accomplished all of that stuff without those people. And, mm. you know, one of them being um, Abby, my wife, and uh, Joe Payton, who first called me into the um, into the academy back in the day, and then Tom Comtry believing me, and Danny Lee is still to this day my, the best coach I've ever had in my life. And... Um, I think he deserves higher honours than um, coaching at San Diego. But he, I think he really enjoys it over there. But um, yeah, I just yeah, real grateful. But um, but definitely proud of what I what I've accomplished, and definitely didn't think I was going to get get that far. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, 
yeah, some massive things, you know, like winning the uh, the Ramfrey Shield um, two times, three times. Got a, I know Michael Allardyce wants me to share the story. <laughs> go, go on now, do it now. I know he sent in the question, but you may as well share it. Oh, so being the young guy in the team is my first year for the Magpies. Otago have the Shield, and we're playing them at um, Forsyth Bar Stadium. And uh, I actually never got on the field. I was on the bench, and it was such a tight game. We won it. And because I was the youngest in the team, I had to look after the Shield. So anyway, um, me being me, just hooked into the piss. Uh, we had a short turnaround. <laughs> we had We had counties like three days, four days later. But it was like, fuck it, the Hawks Bay haven't won the Shield in like 50-something years. So uh, we well and truly hooked into it. I remember Sumo Stevenson was on the piss with us. And <laughs> we <laughs> – this is out the game. We had um, – I was with a few other guys. I'm not going to name any more. Sumo had buggered off at this stage. And uh, and we – we were on the we we're on the street walking some of the like the flats and stuff like that and um there was this random chick hanging around bro like <laughs> hanging around would not leave us alone and she's like oh, i just wanna i just wanna have sex with the shield i just wanna i just wanna fuck on the shield or something like that i'm like on the road lying down someone you know, oh, just grubs, eh? Back, you know, I'm 22 years old or 20 years old. So I don't even know how old I was, just living the dream. And I remember waking up in the morning and we're like, shit, we've got to go. And I've still got this thing. They had stri- strapping tape, strapping taped it to me like X-Men. It was strapped to my bare skin. So I had this thing strapped to me. I woke up in the morning. I'm like, fuck, ah, get this off. So I look half respectable, get my kid on. We're in the bus traveling to the um, channel into it. Manager's like, where the fuck are like three or four of the little shields? <laughs> the little shields on it? Yeah. I'm like looking at it like, oh, shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Just panicking all the way. And they're going, how we, because we're going to get to the airport and there's going to be thousands of people there taking photos. And the one thing they're going to notice is there's shields missing. <laughs> What kind of story are we going to come up with here? And I'm like, shit. I'm like, look, you guys figure it out. I've got to just sit at the plane, at the back of the plane here. I've got, you guys sort this out. Did a plane, fell asleep, forgot about it all, landed, and I'm walking, and we're walking down the like the ramp, and you could just see the flashing lights, cameras and shit going off in the airport. And I put my hand in my pocket, and I'm like, what's that? pulled out all of the shields. <laughs> they were in my pocket from the night before. So we're like, shit, turn around, get back in the plane, hiding. Someone got any gum, sticky tape, anything, sticking it on. <laughs> oh, my Lord, there's some. Sh- there's been some shit that's happened on that shield. Man, i give you the tip. Oh, gee, that is good. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, and then we lost it like, and then we lost it That's like right. four days later. Shortest rain ever, it was. Moo must have been your shortest. captain that year, was he? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, mate, that's one of the greats. One of the great stories. One of the great stories. 
Mate, he sends in some good questions, the kid, and we might as well carry on with the rest of the questions while we're at it because yeah. we did get heaps of them. And like I said, a lot of them around um, the piss, but that's good stuff. If that's, the, if that's the start, I enjoyed that one. Okay, this one's best Cordy stitch-up. Oh, yeah. I, I, so 2018, so obviously just played for the Stags. We didn't win a game, so I fly back home and Hawks Bay were in the finals or whatever. And Smudgy, Ash Dixon, rings me up. He's like, hey, you keen to come to our courting? I was like, fuck yeah, I'm keen to come to the courting. No dramas. And he's like, bro, we've got your morph suit head to toe and no one's going to know. You just basically, you can do whatever the fuck you want in the court session. Not allowed to talk, though. Don't talk. None of your shit. Just do whatever you want. No dramas. And I was like, yeah, fucking sweet. This is me all over. And he's like, and the boys have got to guess who it is. I knew the whole team. Everyone fucking knew exactly who it was. I'm that that fat looking guy with a fucked up nose and like awkward body position. Like they knew it was me straight away. So anyway, we're sitting in the Cordy and um, it was real important. So they're doing the, um, you know, call outs. Like, how are you calling out this? And they had this massive like barrel in the middle full of, all sorts of bodily fluids and all sorts of stuff. So anyway, it's like real meaningful and quiet and someone's listening. It's been a real serious conversation. I just got up and just elbow dropped, slammed into the bucket full of spewpus, everything. <laughs> I'm just covered in the stuff. Didn't know what it was. And they're all sitting on like plastic seats, you know, the plastic seats. I started walking around karate kicking them and breaking them all off so they just all fall back and smack their heads. And the, what the stitch-up was is that at one stage I was just couldn't remember what was going on. You know, like you're just like, ooh, out the back taking a piss. And one of the boys lit a like a lighter or something, was having a dart, and whatever was on my back was flammable. <laughs> and they lit it, and it just went woof, and my whole body. True was on fire and I didn't because me being me I wasn't wearing underwear nothing <laughs> I was just wearing anything under the small suit and man I had hectic burns all over my body eh? did it was, you it was far out well it obviously but, mate, how did you how did you put it out oh just like just hit the ground and roll man I just hit the ground and roll I was just Stop like jumping you know, around. Oh, bear on me like sort it sort it out <laughs> yeah, I just like you know, I couldn't feel anything, but like, or like in terms of pain, because I was yeah. that, I was that chocker. Yeah. I just was like, yeah. <laughs> How was bad were the burns? Like, have you got like burn scars or? Like- yeah, the bad ones are on my ass, eh? Like on the top of like top of my cheek, like my ass cheeks. True. <laughs> yeah, they're not like real bad scars, but they look like a birthmark type thing. Oh you know? yeah, mate. That yeah. is that now that is a stitch up. <laughs> it was a bit of a stitch up. <laughs> oh man, that is loose. Okay, love it. Okay. Next one. How'd you get the nickname Cootie Dog? Yeah, I think look, I think I might have been a bit of a dog back in the day. <laughs> and uh yeah, and I think it just resembled the way I played and everything like that. And mm. uh having mates uh, like Ehi West, uh, Gillies Kaka and all that, like Duke Edmonds, all those boys, like good friends of mine, all good Havelock men, they all played for Havelock. Um, just decided, look, he's just, he's Cootie, he's a dog. He's, 
footy dog. And then obviously Allardyce and Mark Abbott and then called me dog dog because basically that's what you're saying. And then James Parsons at, uh, at the Blues, you know, he's, he's all he just walked around calling me dog dog because it just didn't make sense to call someone Cody dog because you just, like I said, you're just calling them dog dog. But uh, it sounded way cooler. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay, next one. This is a good one. Tell us about the fight against the Turbos when you got a red. This is one of the great fights. <laughs> oh, I just we've had a shit season, eh? Like I remember <laughs> we we beat the Stags first round, and I remember I just like I did like a grade three or four on my AC joint, and like literally it was like real bad, and uh, had the first week or two off, and I remember just like them jabbing at every game after that and um we didn't win a game the whole season and it was just one of those just the culture started going out the window i remember the week before the last game we, we obviously went making the semis he called us nothing and smudgy's like bro gets the boys in bro we gotta like you're a senior player in this team now you gotta like rev these boys up you know so like my big thing was just like having each other's backs and just getting a bit of mongrel and just like if someone's going to do it, like have a fight, we all need to jump in for the fight so no one gets red carded. <laughs> and it was supposed to, and in my head, I'm going, right, I'm going to start a fight, but I'm not going to do it until like, if I'm still on in the last like 30, 20 to 30 to go in the second half. Well, luck me days, it's like 20, 20, 20, 30 minutes into the first half. We've got a scrum and there's this guy that plays for the Man of the Twos. I can't actually remember his name for Man of the Two Turbos. And he was English or Scottish or something. And um, I just didn't like the guy. But from what I understand, he's actually a bloody nice dude. And don't get me wrong, like, for everyone out there, if you know me, on the field I'm a prick, but off the field I love you. Like, there's no yeah. there's no, there's no, dramas there. But I just, the playing against the guy, I just did not like this guy. And anyway, I mean, Gareth Evans, we pumped him in the scrum and we're revved up. And they're up on the scoreboard, and I'm just like, right, I've got to do something to fire these boys up. So Gareth threw the ball at him, and he kind of went through. And I went, you can watch it on YouTube if you like. <laughs> and I reached like around the back of um, Gareth's, like went around him and just clocked him, and then just like elbowed him at the same time. And uh, and then yeah, it was all on. And then kind of like it's right on the sideline. So the cameraman's like, there's two cameramen there. There's one filming me, and then there's the other one <laughs> in the background. You can still see the other cameraman just like two meters away, just zoomed in. <laughs> and he hits me like I'm underneath him, and he's and we're falling, and we hit the ground. And then I quickly spun on top of him, and uh, oh. and uh, gave him a few few good ones on the ground. And then this flying Fijian comes flying from the wing bar and just kicked me in the head. <laughs> fully just like we watch the video he just flies on bow and I'm like holy get up and I remember like Eli and them aren't big scrappers or anything Brad Webber's in there like all those boys and they and they're dusting him up and I'm like get me in there jump in just boom jumped on him as well and uh, yeah I got six weeks um, initially but then um, because uh, of my impeccable history I got uh, I got it deducted I got two weeks off so I got um, four weeks and I was supposed to go on tour with the US four weeks later and oh, what right. I did is I rung up um, the manager for the US and I was like mate there's a way around this I reckon what we do is I have signed a contract with the pro team over there and I just get suspended for those four games oh, leading yeah. up mate. so I just 
Miss nothing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chicago Lions, shout out Chicago Lions. Never even heard of them. <laughs> but, hey, signed a contract, missed four games. No drama. <laughs> Straight in there playing the first game for the Eagles. Oh, mate, beat the system. Darcy Swain-like, mate. I love that. Yeah. That is a loose yarn as well, mate. You've you've got some of the great loose yarns. Okay, next one. Favorite teammate to get on the piss with? Oh, you would have had a few. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Honestly, that's a real tough one. That's you know, obviously playing for so many <laughs> so many teams, you know, you've come across some good ones. Uh, I think like I'll pick one in each team. I, I think it's Cam Dolan. Oh yeah, uh, Cam Dolan for the US. He was my roomie. We always became roomies. Um, the Magpies um, would be a couple Ben May and and uh, and Gareth. Yeah. Um, Southland Stags. Oh, gee, that's a tough one. Those boys know how to drink some <laughs> piss down there. Uh, um, yeah, Monarchy Shelby Ricky doesn't play there anymore. Mike McKee, those type boys. Tatey. Yeah, he's in the group. Goes pretty good on the first. Does he? You <laughs> lads. Okay, last question for you. Best piece of advice you have for a Woodland listener? That's a good one. Um, Thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, I think um, just life's a ride. Like you know, it's it's a ride, and it's going to have its ups and downs. And I think you just got to. Um, um just take it as it comes you know like don't worry about tomorrow like i remember hearing this this um don't worry about tomorrow for today has enough problems of its own so mm. you know not don't getting stressed about it out about the future let's just focus on today get get the jobs done for today and then um tomorrow stuff will come so uh that's something that i kind of uh, um you kind of follow and stuff like that. I think I just got to, well, running a business, obviously you've got to think about the future and mm, shit like that and, mm. uh, and organize and plan ahead. But in terms of, yeah, just um, general life stuff, I think, yeah, just just take it as it comes. It's a, it's a ride. It's, it's, like I said, it's got its up and down, ups and downs. Stay in the moment, mate. I love that. Live in the me. moment. Oh, yeah, mate, the moment. what a way to finish one of the greatest podcasts yet, I reckon. That was um geez there's some yarns in there i thought there would be but i think you've blown away even my expectation uh obviously you're a champion lad played for so many teams uh obviously had the pleasure of playing with you for a year at the canes and um what a lad you were but really appreciate you coming on the podcast sharing some of your stories and um awesome to hear that um post footy's gone well so far and uh, long may that continue Cheers, Jimmy. Nah, it's an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm stoked I got the call up. I've been, been hoping I'd get the call up one day to the What a Lad oh. podcast. I'm glad it's finally happened because, geez, that was worth it. Legend. Thanks, Jimmy. You're a lad. Guys, thanks for listening. If you got this far, I'm guessing you enjoyed it. And if you could do a me, and if you could do me a massive favor and share this episode on whatever social media platform you have, or go tell a friend about this podcast, that would be very much appreciated. Love your work.